0: It's the Dev Friday Show with Mark and Tim.
1: That it is. It is the Dev Friday. Well, because it's Friday. That's why it's the Dev Friday Show. Because Every Friday. Friday is Dev Friday. Every Friday is Dev Friday. Well. Ex- except for the summertime. <laughs> right. Except for the summertime when we go on a very long yeah. break. But other than that, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I, I, I feel like last week... I was supposed to have the topic, but I obviously didn't. And then we mm-hmm. talked about a lot of different stuff. So I feel like this week it's your topic because I skipped on <laughs> mine, but we still found things to talk well, about. And s- since I will I, say I thought it was a very dynamic show last week. S-
0: since I am a professional, I always since come prepared. You, since, since you are a professional, you always come prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are yeah, we just gonna like? Booting. Are we just gonna keep like the music kind of like just interluding, kind of here and there? I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a Little yeah, little, is, little background audio.
1: What is this? This is thirty six thirty six episodes in. We have gotten no thirty seven episodes in. Thirty seven yeah. thirty seven episodes in. We have gotten no better. Um, but I will say, well, let's see. I I did I changed the title of the show. It's a daylight savings time, because did you know? Apparently, I I I was. I was missing. I don't know. I don't know if anybody actually informed me. I just only read the headlines, like I always do. I guess we're not going out of daylight savings time next year. Is that? Is that?
0: Is there that was something that about that. Like I said, I'm not the best one to ask. I know my, my <laughs> wife. My wife was bringing up something about this. Like, oh, we don't you have to have deal to. with. We don't have to deal with t- daylight savings time change anymore. But I was like, I don't. Know. I. I heard something about that, and I always like when it came next to daylight year. savings time, I just ignored it and just like, well, when the clock backs then I get a little bit annoyed, but. Yeah, I
1: think it's it, my understanding is it's next year. Or switch but forward, What we've done say. is we're not going to fall back, which means we're going to stay in daylight savings time all the time. Mm. Which I I'm puzzled because that means effectively our time zones all shifted forward by an hour, or backward, I guess it would be. No, I don't know which way. Because like instead of us being GMT minus four, we're going to be GMT minus five. I don't know. I I don't know. But that is going to be super exciting for programmers.
0: Really? Why but do you yeah, think?
1: Yeah, because like just time like. We have code that tells what time it is, right, and knows what time it is going to be in the future and all that kind of fun stuff. And now it's mm-hmm. going to have to know the time zones are different. Yet again, we've got all these Wait, different so weird time zones. And now well, we, we've, we've always had
0: time. We've always had time zones. So why? What? How is daylight savings time affecting it, that?
1: Every time it shifts, there's code that knows what time it's supposed to be that mm-hmm. has to be updated to say. When I say every time they shift, I'm sorry, not every year, but when we changed the days that they shifted in the past, which we've done. You know, mm-hmm. it, it shifts now later on than it used to in the past, or at least later into the fall, I think. I don't know if we change the spring. But every time we do that, there's code that needs to change to know that, well, those times are different, right? Yeah. And, and what time zone you're in based on your geographic location, which is confusing enough since some, some geographic locations don't observe daylight savings time. Some do. We've got the weirdos in Canada that have like a half hour time zone. I think there's a 15 minute time zone someplace. So I'm just, yeah. <laughs> But I put it, I put that as the title because it's, I mean, it's fall. Things are getting colder. It's getting darker.
0: It's already. true. Seasons are changing.
1: Yeah, but everything's changing. And I bought a light just you because bought- of that, not because of that. But
0: A light? So in case, like, it gets darker a little bit earlier, you well, want to make sure you have enough light in your office?
1: There are a lot of windows <laughs> in this room that no one can see because they're all things that are on the other side of the camera, right? Yeah. So, you've no, you know, there's been times that we've done the podcast, too. Where the lighting it looks just looks a little overcast. It's not it's not quite as bright as it usually is. Mm-hmm. And especially as it gets darker earlier and I'm probably doing more normal calls where it's dim outside. It's just the lights in here, the camera's kinda of balanced expecting all this daylight in there and it's and it, it goes away. So I got one of those Elgato key lights. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? and uh, i i think i think you probably do need to is, is
0: it like one of those fancy ring lights that that that, make, that makes your eyes no, all like no have no, like you have no. halos in your eyes no
1: no no one wants that for me <laughs> um it's just one of those it's not that i got a ring light it's just the just kind of like the diffused panel light thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i do think to do proper lighting we need to yeah my my hope was i could do this because whenever i do conferences i have to put some lights up and i I diffuse them myself with, I don't know if you know this, but wax paper over top of a light. It's basically a diffuser. Yeah, photographers that works. everywhere are screaming, saying, no, it's not. It's not, Tim, <laughs> but it is. Um, so that and some shop lights and some some LED bulbs with a whole lot of lumens packed into those bulbs. I don't know how they pack the lumens in, but they do. Um, and I'm hoping not to have to do that because these panels are a lot smaller, a lot less bulky. I can keep on mm-hmm. the desk. And since I have a stream deck, I can control them with a press of
0: the Ooh, so that's fancy.
1: I, I can turn it on, I can turn it off, and then I can actually even adjust the brightness as if you're watching on the stream. You can see I adjusted the brightness because I can barely see right now. It is so bright. Um, and I can bring it down. So that, I, I thought that was nice because I can add a little fill light when I have to do calls and I don't want to seem like I'm in, you know yeah a dimly lit basement someplace <clears throat> no.
0: i do well for those of you watching the uh, the show on uh youtube or twitter you do look good tim
1: yeah yeah see the
0: the i can i can definitely see the uh the the effects of the light on your your beautiful beard that's just flowing down from your face it's always
1: the beard for you Yeah. <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> well what i was thinking about today which i did allude to you did allude to because there's always this well it, talk about elusive topics and I alluded to you, both you and I did at the end of uh, last week, last week's show. Uh, you know the the topic oh, of interviewing yourself, Tim. Oh, that's right. We how this came, this. how this came, and also what I was doing was I saw so a video much last week.
1: I pay because you had said this last week. Yeah, I just completely forgot we had said this about. And
0: it you sh- and you should have remembered that as a professional to put to make the the topic for the show. You know, I get interviewed.
1: Yeah, I should have. I should <laughs> have, man.
0: So, so wait, two things, wait, wait. You had two things, things I want to do. I don't do.
1: even remember what you tell, said you were going to do. Are you going to interview me? You had. Oh, you had yes. like questions that... Yes. I don't know. I forget what this was. This, yes. This, this was... I should have remembered. I would have prepared if I remembered. Well, I it's, I this, 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 is,
0: this is the best interview. The ones you don't prepare for, Tim, are the best ones.
1: Are they, though? <laughs> is, that, is that what they say? Because I don't remember that being said.
0: <laughs> so, I, I was watching... I was watching... Before, a before we go down <laughs> that road,
1: you have, like, a career development person at tric, at the community college, True. right? Yep, right. Or yep. NCC, not all. That, sorry. Yes, I, I completely. Is that your right Do you have rival? Are there, are there community college rivals? I know there's two community oh, colleges that's a good in the area, and I just I threw out the wrong name, and I don't know is that kind completely of offensive? yeah. So
0: so you have Lehigh Carbon Community College, or otherwise right. known as LTriC. LTriC, yeah. And then you have uh, Northampton Community College, otherwise previously known as NAC. But then if you ever really? say NAC at our college, they really don't like it. NAC? Like are, the, the administration hates that. Because but that was used
1: Northampton was the yeah a from the A.
0: So that, that that used to be just like LTriC is kind of like a shorthand way to you know, C, right. to, to, to call the college uh, Lehigh Carbon Community College. NAC. <clears throat> but don't ever say that on campus, because then okay. the, the administration and other faculty will look at you weird and, you know, probably All fire right. you. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, fortunately, I can say it, because no one can fire me, because I don't work here. Anyway. <laughs>
0: But yes, we we do have a career development that office that helps our students. And is that the advice know?
1: that they give? The best interviews mm-hmm. are the ones you don't prepare for.
0: That's right. They're That's like right. just just Our students are so prepared, so prepared going already. through our program that yeah, they don't yeah. need to prep for interviews, they right? to prep for the
1: interview because they just know the stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. You ask whatever question, you're just going to be so impressed with the wealth of knowledge that I bring to the table that you will almost mm-hmm. immediately hire me. That's right. That's I like that. Right. That's a good pro- and you can get that type of education at NAC
0: is that's right. you're saying at NAC. so Wait, what i was people
1: call it ncc too
0: uh well that's yeah and that's accepted
1: okay that's accepted okay. ncc
0: is accepted yes that okay, that's totally NAC, accepted it's just NAC-ness. the NAC, and i can't remember i remember when i was hired um probably about 10 years. You well, know, when i was temporary full-time hired and, and was an adjunct i was told this it was about 10 years so i think it was like the college is like what was it 30 40 years old now yeah, yeah. i think it started in the, the 70, early 70s Actually, well, actually, well, fifty years out. Well, yeah, it's pretty, pretty now, long time you're ago. Not a math teacher. Yeah, I know. Well, time flies as, we Tim, as we aged him. As we aged him, we lose sense talking about time that's and daylight true. saving time. We that's lose true. sense of time as we, we do. age. So we do. <laughs> I can't, it does can't remember. Faster. Yeah, it's, which is yeah, it's shocking. It
1: feels like just yesterday I was talking to you. <laughs>
0: that's
1: that's been a whole week ago. Now. It, it
0: makes the week just fly by. It's that like, it, yeah, yeah, that's true. what it does. True. Uh, so and I don't even know what I was saying. You got me distracted. But <laughs> anyway, getting back to the interview, because always we've you've alluded to the fact of like, oh, there was this time where I interviewed myself, and it, I, apparently it's a thing, and I don't know. So I do want to I do want to ease into that. But what I thought would do was I want to interview you for a both kind of a, a mid level API developer position.
1: All right, you had you had found something that was yes. like the ap and i didn't even know like what is an api job because you were talking about getting hired for i i forget what the context was but i was mm-hmm. even unclear as to what 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 the api job would be well it's for
0: it's for those jobs on indeed tim that says api developer
1: right the api developer okay so this is the api developer job all right all right all right
0: now okay let me provide some context for it so um i subscribe to the uh, exponent youtube channel which is a youtube channel that uh, they do kind of technical interview prep style you know for the like fang style companies for like you Know Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Twitter like kind of you know previous engineers that can't, you know, that's a it's a, actually it's a thing that all these engineers, once they want to they, they leave these companies, fine companies, and they start YouTube channels to start businesses Just talking try, about how try, they got a how they how they got hired, yeah, and yeah. teach people how to get hired. So it's, it's a thing. So maybe, so maybe it's the ones that haven't left or been fired <laughs> that I should
1: maybe it's those that I'm more curious as to how they. It,
0: I don't know. It, it 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 is an interesting thing where like you see these developers who are you know that they they talk about oh yeah working at these companies is so great you get paid so much the perks are you know the perks are, are so great to do you know that There's you have the there bars but then every desk they only stay there for like two to three years right and then they they leave and then they start a company or start a YouTube channel that basically talks about how to get hired at these companies but they're not at the companies anymore right so it's it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird dynamic
1: yeah. no you know it, it's like. You can be totally successful. All you need to do is buy my book that tells you how to be successful.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, this, uh, but I thought this, the one video that I did, because it made me think about you. It popped up in my feed. And I was like, oh, okay. The These REST API oh, interview boy. questions. And so they did two videos. REST uh, but,
1: API interview questions? That's right. That's Even right. Even better.
0: Even better. Because, Even better. Okay. Yes, I know. Right. So, there's, there's a beginner a level. There's a beginner level and an advanced level. I'm going to merge that's, them into two no, no, because what I'm wondered, hiring you for is a mid-level, mid-level API. Okay. Yes.
1: So I, wait a second. So to do mid-level, I have to both ace the beginner and yes. the advanced? Yes. Is that true? Yes. i mean the middle? That's
0: mid-level? what they expect all mid-level engineers to know. A, 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 little, be, bit, a, a little bit. A little bit of, of, bit of both, both, right? A little yeah. bit yeah. of
1: both. Okay. So, so basically <laughs> I can miss, I need to get all of the basic questions I can miss probably up to half of the advanced ones.
0: Alright, so I'll I'll phrase it like I said. Wow. It, the combination is about twenty questions. I'll narrow it down to about roughly around ten. That a little bit of mix of the beginner and the advanced. Oh, oh, and we'll just, just we'll see how well it. you
1: do. Oh, yes. Okay. So it's probably right. obvious, but we have not. I mean, people that are listening, either we're really good at this and we prepped, and I know them all, and and this is all a bit, um, or as reality is, I was not even thinking about this this morning. So this could get very interesting.
0: It could. It could. It could. Alright, Tim. How are REST APIs stateless? Oh brother. How are REST APIs stateless? Or what does stateless mean in relation to API development?
1: This is I mean, how are RPC APIs? state Tim, remember I, remember I, like I'm this, hiring you question, don't be sarcastic that's that's not going to look that's not going to look well in the, <laughs> yeah, when I is, when I'm writing
0: is, down your review all right
1: yeah <laughs> so well rest apis are inherently stateless because you are dealing with resources which are things you are not dealing with actions unless you need to deal with actions and then everybody scratches their heads and say how do i do that well you make a resource that represents the action that's what you do folks anyway <laughs>
0: Well, also doesn't it mean where, um, where the the okay the the machine or the computer that that's that's looking for the request, and it's being sent the data back. Mm-hmm. That they, they don't ha- the the API doesn't have any, um, memory of or of, like what was the previous request that was made, right? So there's there's no state managed between different requests. Maybe.
1: I mean that's <laughs> not always true. That's oh, okay. not always true. I mean, it can it, yes, a lot of times yes um that yeah the server's not maintaining any state for the client in that context yes mm-hmm. unless it is and it's doing that through some type of resource that represents what is essentially the state of it i mean that's if you want to talk about practically how does this work what if i said process this video now yes i may not keep state in terms of the client and say oh I know this request came from the person who just said, process this video, but you're going to, as a client, give me back a resource that represents a thing that is in progress, which then I will go find the state of and respond to you. But yes, in terms of, it's not like it's in memory, but that's an API, folks.
0: Mm-hmm. Like that's
1: I don't know how that how they are claiming, I mean, I guess because if your API is is something that keeps the tunnel open and keeps communicating, but whether it's REST, whether it's RPC, most of the time, no, your client is not tied to the state of the server anyway so that's not necessarily right. something that I would say is unique to a restful API design but yes it the components are there
0: okay all right what are some of the differences between oh rest and soap <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you should start defining what soap is Maybe, maybe I
1: should start defining what soap is. If I just, for a second, this is, re- this is, this is strangely reminding me of the time I interviewed myself.
0: <laughs> oh, don't Can worry, you, Tim. We're going to get there. I don't know. Let me
1: get the mic down. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, soap. Shoot. Soap. Soap. Eintar. Oh. Soap. Specifications. Soap. Oh, here we go. Soap is a XML thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's
1: yep. the simple object access protocol. That's what it is. So, so, yeah.
0: so have you ever, have you ever about, used soap before?
1: Have I every morning? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good to know.
1: Every morning throughout the day,
0: honestly, throughout the day, I use soap all the time. All right. So. I, re- I, I remember like that was one of the first, that was one of the first uh, kind of API, API kind of methods that I, well, actually, it's not really method, right? It's probably, it's a pattern. Yeah. I okay, guess so would that be the it's best it, way to well, describe it's a,
1: it? It's, it's a, what is it? Information Exchange protocol yeah, thingy, Bob. Yeah. It's oh, like, like it's just saying RPC. We're going to come up with a standard way to pass messages back and forth. So mm-hmm. soap. I think you had the whiz deals with the soap, if I'm not mistaken.
0: So back in was it 2002, 2003? After I graduated from college, then yeah. got my first first job working for a tax administrator. Went like to a conference. conference. Yeah, went to a conference. I was introduced to Soap because it was one of the fancy new kind of uh, their API or services that they were, um, they, one of the, the web services that they were promoting the, the, at the conference. And uh, it was the first time seeing it. And it was like, the maybe it was the presenter, maybe also I was young and stupid, but I could not wrap my head around it. It was oh, really? so complicated to understand. It was mostly the authentication mm-hmm. part of it.
1: Oh, like well.
0: to, to, Like passing them back the credentials like for the authentication be, in order the for, for, for to each fine. request.
1: I guess so. I guess the so I guess the so pro, protocol or doc or spec or whatever defines yeah. authentication. But in a nutshell, like we've got WSDLs, which, like, if you remember that, what is that? The Web Service Description mm-hmm. Language, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So you've got your WSDL that de- that describes this is how you're going to communicate with this API, and it's very much for RPC, right? So so it's describing everything. And if you remember last week's episode talking about with an RPC API, you have to document the method. The arguments, the response. You have to document everything. Um, you know, what what am I calling? What what object am I passing you? And that is what SOAP is about. SOAP is about an XML format that allows you to exchange what is essentially, I think, parameters. It's been years since I've played with it, but like <laughs> parameters and I think it also describes what method you're trying to call. Mm-hmm, I think you package mm-hmm. it all up and and that leads you to an RPC API that has essentially one URL, which for RPC is great. Don't don't try to make an RPC API a HTTP API unless for some reason there's an advantage to it, right? You've got, yeah. <laughs> remember one API I worked with, literally <laughs> the endpoint was the magic endpoint. Like that was what it said in the URL.
0: Magic. It's magic. It was nice. magic. Everything,
1: <laughs> you, just, you just post everything to the magic endpoint because it was an RPC <sighs> API. You'd mm-hmm. post what described, I wanna take this action. Here's my arguments. Here's how I expect you to get, you know. All the variables, I expect you to ship me back the response. And if I recall correctly, SOAP is a description protocol format. I forget exactly where it falls in those that explain how you're going to both make your request and then when mm-hmm. the server gives you back that information, what shape that response is going to be and, uh, and how you can extract the server's response from your call. SOAP is the format of XML that you should use for it. A whizdil was then used to describe these are the methods, these are the arguments. This is the shape of the response we're going to ship you back, but we're going to ship you back it within a soap-like container, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. it has been
0: years since I've done that. Like I said, and it, like you, you allude to the fact it's XML, right? So th- yeah. you know, if you think about from a normal REST-style API, that's eh, going to be can, uh, primarily primarily JSON-based, well, right? But I mean, format's the format. Format well. But, well, okay, maybe my preference for JSON over XML, maybe that's why I, I prefer that as a, a kind of a data a data structure, in a yeah. sense, to pass data back and forth. You know, for me, I don't know, even, even can, some people probably, probably feel the opposite. They hate JSON and they prefer XML. I you don't can know. T-
1: it, depends, it depends on the structure of your data and what you're setting down, but you can, you can totally um, implement a RESTful or so so API d- using XML.
0: So it does use XML, and that can be a little bit verbose for some people to prefer that. But like I was alluding to the fact of like the authentication with like you had to like encrypt tokens, you'd to like encrypt tokens and pass these tokens back and forth. Okay. And I just felt like the authentication part of it, because with each request, you had to and between like was say like the browser like, and the service, you were it was re- like a,
1: reauthing, not reauthing, but regenerating yeah, the it new was, token.
0: Yeah, it, was of, like, it just it just it thing. just felt very laborious to kind of get into Did it, and so it was like almost like
1: the request was that why you were having yeah 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 okay. yeah I think so, so. They were signed yeah. Then. yeah yeah
0: yeah okay so it was like it was just it felt and that's why like when it was just when you read about today yeah it's it's much more of a I guess people they still use it for a certain maybe it's the best tool for a certain product I don't know I'm not an API developer so I don't know but I just there remember trying to learn that, are... that compared to REST it was just it felt like such a a hard thing to kind of put my head around.
1: There are there are definitely problem domains that are much better solved thinking in terms of of procedure calls, right? Mm-hmm. Method calls than they are yeah. resources. And for that, there's a lot of new newer modern RPC protocols that are probably better to use than SOAP. But <laughs> on the flip side, like if and this is trying to pull out what problem SOAP was trying to solve, you know, we think of it well. Why are you having to sign your request? you could just skip all that and use use an HTTPS endpoint
0: mm-hmm, right
1: mm-hmm. well SOAP being probably wanting to be protocol or implementation agnostic you should be able to implement soap over HTTP maybe over something else entirely um, it should just it's the data exchange how do you do it I don't care about the pipe which is the right so kind of opinion to have when you're developing that type of system but
0: so since this job it's not an entry level job, title. I'm not going to oh. ask you how to define the HTTP methods I can't that are used within a REST API. I can't. <laughs> but I, can't, I, do can't to to I do want you to tell me the difference. I do want you to tell me the difference between a put and a patch. Give me a break. And then give me an example. Yeah, when I'll give
1: you examples.
0: So patch <laughs> is one of the
1: dumbest things <laughs> that people who think they're RESTful Trot out to say, This is how you do a partial update. Give me a break. So, here's the difference between a put and a patch. Generally speaking, you should probably just be using a post. <gasps> Everybody's all upset now, right? Uh, yeah. Because what a post mm-hmm. communicates to the server, according to the spec, is it is up to the server to negotiate the storage of the thing, which makes complete sense when I'm saying, Here you go, server. Here's a new thing. Where are you going to stick it? And the server's like, Well, I know where I'm going to stick it. You don't even have an ID that tells you where it's going to go, right? So the server says, you gave me a new thing. You gave me, well, let's use let's use the best example ever, a to-do app, right? To-do list. You gave me a new to-do item. You didn't mm-hmm. give me an ID to reference it. I'm going to create that ID. I'm going to store it in a disk, a database, someplace. And I'm going to, the server is going to handle all that. I just took your data, I wrangled it, and I'll send you back a representation that says, here's what was created and now you know additional things about it, like the ID that you can use to reference it later. Wait, wait, wait. This was the difference between a put and a patch, right?
0: That's correct. I'm getting yes. this.
1: So, so, a put communicates to the server, I know it all. A put says, you don't wrangle any data. I'm going to tell you exactly what you should put and where you should put it. Uh, That's right. The word, put, right? <laughs> so people will take that and say, well, if it's a put then that's saying it's, you know, that puts her, poster for creating, puts her for updates. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. According to the spec, puts her for when you, the client, want to instruct the server exactly what to change. So if you want to post a to-do list or to-do item that doesn't have a description, you're saying, I know it doesn't have a description. I intend for it to not have a description. Therefore, server don't even store a description, right? That's kind of the opinionated thing you're saying with a put. You're yep. saying, I know exactly. So, if, so the idea of partial updates are, well, not really a partial update with a put, because you're saying, if I didn't send that data to you, I intend for it not to be there. And that's why people go, oh, puts are supposed to be for updates, but I have to send the whole body back? Well, now what will I do? Use a post. Because a post says to the server, I'm giving you some data. I'm trusting you to figure out how to reconcile it with what you have available. And the server can go, oh, you gave me half of the thing? All right, I'll just update those fields. A post is perfectly fine to use for an update. But people say, no, it can't be because it can only be used when you're creating things. It can never be used for an update. Spec does not say that. Spec says it's intended to say the server to make the determination, whereas a put is the client making the determination. But because we have this misunderstanding, we say, oh, we need to use the patch because patch sounds right. like it's, I don't know, it's like a hole and I'm only covering part of it. Therefore, that's exactly what we need for partial updates. No, that is not what patch was designed for. If you read the spec, patch is designed to say, I have an update that I want you to apply to a specific past state. Not some type of, oh, just take these fields and just kind of fill in the blanks and I'm only giving you part of them. No, a patch is supposed to also I- include something that references the last state of the resource so the server can only apply the patch to what you knew you already had. Oh, interesting. Had.
0: So, so going back to the stateless style, the question I asked you before, like mm-hmm. what makes a REST API stateless? So from a patch perspective, you are referencing a previous state.
1: You're referencing, but the client's owning that, right? Like the client saying, mm-hmm. I knew that it was in this state. In other words, I knew this was version five of this thing. I'm going to give you a new name, a new title, and I'm gonna say, apply this to version five. Don't apply it to version six, because if someone came along and incremented and changed the version of this resource, I want this to fail. That is the point of patch, is to make changes that are not, I'm totally replacing the thing, but are mm-hmm. a patch, a partial update, with the context of whatever state you had in the past. So for most people, they're using patch, but they're not doing that. So not even using patch right. They're basically saying to the server, here's half the data could you please just reconcile it so it works which is basically what a post is for
0: do you think there's any like if you can compare the 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 post to put in the patch from a like a data size perspective like are you saving because you're sending less data for like a with a put in a patch compared to if you would just do a post
1: well you don't have to that's what i'm saying you don't have to send all the data for a post
0: you're just saying you can send exactly the same data, it doesn't sends, really matter. Yeah,
1: smaller piece of data. It's just, post a, it's just a way to describe it. Yeah, post tells the server, you figure now from a
0: since, since you are the API guy and the API designer, and that is what I'm hiring right now. Oh,
1: that's right, yes,
0: <laughs> Would it, from a system architecture standpoint, when you're designing and you're designing the to be looking for these specific methods, isn't there something from a system design standpoint that, you know, a, po- a post versus a put, especially for updates, would make the design just be better? Oh,
1: because I know it's an update because it's a post or sorry, a put. When you when you're working
0: when the, when you're working as a developer in the API and you're referencing the when you're designing, you know, these endpoints that are be called and you're expecting the methods that are gonna be applied to that, wouldn't it from a design perspective, a put for an update imply an update rather than post should be apply a crate?
1: If or, I post or a, or a new set of data? If I post to a URI that references a specific thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm pretty sure I'm not saying create a new one. I'm saying update the p- specific thing. It's more about the URI. If I post mm, to a collection, okay. what am I doing? Well, I'm adding mm-hmm. to the collection. Yeah. I'm saying to the server, here's some extra data. Figure out where it goes. If I post yeah. to a resource, I'm saying to the server, here's some data. Figure out where it goes.
0: Okay. You brought up URI. Oh, boy. This was a question. Psst. Yes. Well, right. no, this, well, this is how interviews work, Tim. Is this it, how they like, work? One question, I really, really like good interviews. Got ahead of ourselves just a little bit. Flow into one question Maybe from another, have right? Financing? It's a conversation, Tim. <laughs> Is this startup funded? <laughs> we may have gotten the cart before the
1: horse, as they say.
0: Anyway, yeah. Of course, we 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 we've gone through six rounds of funding, Tim. We have enough money. <laughs> so thinking about the URI, it's like an
1: A series, B series, C. What what do they call? I forget <laughs> what they called anymore. B and a half, something like that. Okay.
0: Working on the next big thing, Tim. Yeah. All right. We want you to be part of it. <laughs> Ground floor, man. Ground floor. All right. So the URI, from a design standpoint. Six
1: rounds of funding, and now you're hiring the API designer?
0: That's right. We're scaling up. We're scaling up. Yeah. we yeah. got to go wide, Tim.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Got to go wide. Oh,
1: boy. This is going to be a good show. I can feel it. I
0: can feel it. URIs. So URI design. Mm-hmm. So what are some good practices for when you're designing Wait, URI your... URI design? Either one of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For when you're designing your URIs, your eyes, your, um, your endpoints, in a sense, right? Your the path to that, I right? Know
1: if you're saying endpoints, it's an HTTP API, not an AP, not a REST API. But keep going.
0: Oh, I'm getting confused <laughs> too. Okay. Well, I'm just the hiring manager. You're just hired. So, <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do, what's the best some of the best practices for designing good URIs? What are
1: some of the best practices for designing like good yes. URIs? Yeah. In what the,
0: the, like you said? In the what, what, you, context you mentioned of a
1: restful API, the,
0: and you, meant, you mentioned like the magic, right? The, the the magic kind of that was kind of a funny thing you saw. In, at that the, was an
1: RPC API, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah, for, you know
1: a, from I mean. a from a restful API standpoint, or it could
0: say what would be good and what would be bad? Maybe because you probably definitely seen some APIs and the way they were designed, and, if, and the URIs that you had to use within them. You probably think why why did they do it like that? Well, from a
1: from a restful API design,
0: mm-hmm.
1: nothing. Because clients should never have to assemble API or URIs.
0: No, from a developer standpoint.
1: But developer clients should never have to assemble APIs. So if no. you're really... Or when,
0: or when you're designing them. Yeah, no, but this that's is, I'm, I'm saying. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Like,
1: like the client should never have to construct a URI. The client should never I have know. to say, I have an ID and I have to add this to I users know, and know. all that. Mm-hmm. So to like, yeah, it, it shouldn't matter, right? You should have one. You should have one URL, and then mm-hmm. your clients traverse from there. Practically speaking, practically speaking, um, so humans can look at your your API and be like, "Oh, I understand mm-hmm. what's going mm-hmm. on." Yep. Uh, don't ever change the URIs. Right? Don't think
0: they're set in stone.
1: Well, don't think that things that how to say this. I like flat APIs. I do not mm. like slash, you know, slash list. Okay, well,
0: that would be good. Let, let's define the difference like, between a flat right. versus a... So
1: I don't like a, a, a URI structure that be like slash list, you know, slash one, two, three, four, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. slash yeah. items, slash yeah. five, six, seven, eight, to reference that yeah. that item is there. Because unless you're telling me that item will never exist unless it is on that list, if for some reason I can move that item from one list to another, I just change the URI to the item, that doesn't make any sense. The item should have one URI that does not change because I should think of URIs not as how I find a thing, but as the thing that identifies that resource. So I could have list slash one, two, three, four slash items, mm-hmm. and that could be a collection of items. But mm-hmm. if I looked at the URI of each one of those items, it should probably be slash item slash five, six, seven, eight. That it shouldn't be nested, because these deep nested APIs, and then you say, well, I want to move something from one thing to the other, and you just changed the URI, then as a client developer, if I somehow said, oh, oh, the user favorited this thing, well, what am I going to store as the favorite? I want to store something that I can get back to that resource, so I want to store the URI, but you just told me that if I moved it from one list to the other, I've changed the URI so now I've stored a favorite that's going to change. No, 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 it doesn't work. And then it's even worse if you're like, no, no, don't store the URIs, store the store the ID. Then that's terrible. Because from a client, I don't care what your IDs are. I care what your URIs are, because URIs lead to resources. Resources are what I'm after. Don't make me construct the URI. That's your responsibility, API. And But if you tell me I need to start storing the, the IDs and then constructing them by you know, somehow finding it and then figuring out what list it's on and then assembling URL. I don't want to do any of that. That's wrong. I shouldn't be doing that. Um, not especially if that's not a RESTful API. Then so does that help? It does help. Now one because thing we because
0: we, like... we want to do it right the first time, Tim. We don't want to change our API. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. I said. So
1: oh, oh, we're going to talk about. Ver- oh, I see where you're going. Now you're going to ask me some <laughs> stupid question about versioning. Just wait. We'll get there. <laughs> one method I do like the concept of is if I have a complex resource, like say a user. So slash user slash one, two, three, or it's probably mm-hmm. UUID, ID, but you know, whatever your yeah. user ID is. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of storing, this goes back to our put, post, change, whatever. I like the idea of actually allowing partial updates through dangling properties. So if the user resource comes back and says the user has a name, maybe user ID slash name, I could Put to that and say very opinionatedly. There you go. I am going to simply update the name in place. I know exactly what I'm doing. Server, don't wrangle this. I know what this data is for, where it's supposed to go. Boom, update that. Um, so expose, especially when you have things that aren't quite related resources, but are almost like on a very complex resource. Maybe a user has an address. Maybe it's not a relationship. Maybe that is something, or maybe it's a business name, or maybe there's a couple other things that we would look and model it as a sub-object inside of this resource so it's not a flat resource. Dangling those off the end and getting to them that way can be very interesting. Navigating even relationships that way, if it's a one-to-one relationship and just saying, well, it's user slash ID slash address, it's going to give you the single address that's their primary address. You could edit it, but sure, if you get back the user, you get that embedded anyway. Um, using and leveraging so, those type of dangling properties is an interesting thing that I've, I've talked about. I've played with. Um, I don't know just, that in practice I've done much of it,
0: honestly. So do you, do you recommend including the version number in the URI? Come on,
1: no, <laughs> never. I mean, not. I mean, if it's if it's not a RESTful API, sure, go for it. But if it's a restful you're
0: gonna go from V2 to V4, you gotta know what you're referencing. There. If
1: it's a RESTful API, <laughs> the URI references the resource. Did the resource change when your API changed versions? I don't think <laughs> it did. So why would the URI include the version? So you can you can totally version APIs that way, but if you're versioning the API that way, and that's okay. You've built an HTTP API. You have not built a RESTful API because RESTful APIs are concerned about resources and the resources are ID'd by URIs and URIs for the resource don't change just because you decided you want to change the format. It's the same thing under the hood. Unless it's not, and then sure, if for some reason you can only have version one items and then you can have mm-hmm. version two items, they're completely different items. But no, usually you're saying those are the same item, I'm just giving you a different representation. So, if you're going to give me a different representation, you could version it by using the accept headers, Okay. but that's a pain. Who wants to do that? <laughs> Absolutely no one. Yeah. If you're actually changing your API, and please, 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 if you're adding <laughs> more data to it, you're not breaking a thing, please don't version that. That is just more data. Now the client can be like, oh, cool, there's more data. Nothing broke. No client should ever break because there's an extra property. That would be bad. So let's just say that if you're writing clients that break when there's another property that you didn't know about, maybe you should not write clients that fragile. That said, so tell- if you need to change the version because you need to have a completely new and different representation of your to-do item, name it something different. And create another resource that is a different representation of the same underlying resource, mm-hmm. and deprecate the old one and just point new clients to the new one. Don't version it. Tell me why it's better. If it's no longer Step. an item, but it's like I don't know to do list. Like if there's something that you added into the to do list is too simple to, to to to. But if if it goes like from oh from a user to now we're going to show you actually the representation of users that are subscribers will then call it subscriber and add that to the API and deprecate the user one eventually, but don't, don't change it. And, and don't for it, please don't for
0: Please don't for it. So hard. Well, that's good to know. And I want to thank you for your time today, Tim. Oh boy. But I do have one more question. Wait a second.
1: I thought, did I'm, I'm curious as to which one of these were the hard and which one of these are the easy, but <laughs>
0: well, well, I'm the interviewer. Only I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, could you could you explain to me? Yeah. What makes an HDB method I can not uh, I came in pronounce this. Idempotent. Idempotent? Idempotent. Is that it? Cuz the first time I actually like heard this, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um well, shouldn't you be asking me what methods are safe?
0: Well, you could. Yes, that could I be. Could but also, I thought, that, yeah, all right. Honestly, because I am, you know, I'm the hire manager <laughs> in this in this new company. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I want you through this interview process to also educate me because yeah, that's, that's a side benefit. Because even before I hire you, I still want you to teach me a few things. So
1: I, f- I see how this and I've this was a term in that like I this.
0: Yeah. and this was a term that when I looked up the definition of it. Like, oh, yeah, I could I kind yeah. of understand what it's doing. But this is actually a term I never heard before. Really? So no,
1: I solved some potent issues the other day. Um, or not quite, we're just so could you we please make something idempotent that wasn't.
0: Provide a definition of this. Oh, uh,
1: boy. I have some nice slides about this. I wish I could just bring them up. If I was really good, I'd be able to do that. But, uh, I didn't prepare for this interview since I had no idea. <laughs> like, I have a little table that shows what methods are safe, what methods are idempotent. Mm-hmm. Um, and idempotent methods is something that you, or just idempotency, is something that if you take the same action more than one time, the result mm-hmm. is the same. So mm-hmm. a thing that is, say, a counter, that's not idempotent. Because I can say, you know, oh, hit it with the same amount of data, and nope, it, it, actually, it actually increased the count. Now, it's important to realize that the HTTP spec says certain methods are idempotent and certain methods are safe. That's all within the context of the client's perception of what is on the server, right? Mm-hmm. Because you could say, safe methods do not change state. So a git is a safe method. Mm-hmm. A head is a safe method. An options is a safe method. Mm-hmm. None of those change state. But they do, right? They change state on the server because mo- more than likely I have a log someplace that logged that git request. Oh, so it wasn't safe. It changed... It didn't change mm-hmm. the state that anybody is concerned about in the context yeah. of the API and the resource. You just got the resource. Sure, maybe somewhere we logged that that resource was gotten and we have a log where the counter did go up, but that's not the resource. The resource didn't change. The thing that we're having this conversation around and the client is viewing as the resource on the server did not change just because you did a get. Now, Iden Potent says it should have the same final result no matter how many times it's called. So what are what methods are idempotent? Put should be idempotent. Patch should be idempotent um, because, well, like we talked about, there's a version, right? So if I'm saying... How about delete, Tim?
0: Is delete idempotent?
1: Uh, delete should be idempotent, yeah. Yes. Um, because of the... But again, it's one of those things where, well, I mean, if you call delete twice, what if we log... Yeah, you can, mm-hmm. but the thing should be deleted, right? Um, the result at the end should be the same, no matter how many times you call it. Put mm-hmm. should be idempotent because you put the data and the result should be the same. Um, patch should be idempotent because you put the data with a version number. So that's, if you want more idempotence. um, the result should be the same on, on the resource. Because arguably, um, my description, well, yeah, we'll leave that later post post is not idempotent which is why post is great for updates. You know if people mm-hmm. say you know oh I'm just going to do a partial update with a patch well not if you don't have a version because then it's not idempotent. Because if you patched like 3 fields out of 5 fields that are on a resource and you sent one patch and you sent exactly the same patch the state might not be the same if someone came along and changed the rest of the resource before that but the request is supposed to be idempotent. Well, it's only idempotent if you include the um, the version number. Put should be idempotent because you are saying opinionatedly to the server, this is exactly the representation I want. I want to replace the whole thing. So your put should be idempotent because it doesn't matter if you did a put on Tuesday, someone else modified it however they wanted, and you did a put on Thursday, you put all the data. So it should change everything exactly. The patch would fail if you did on Thursday because it'd be a different it'd be a different version. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't in that case if it succeeded it would be idempotent, but if it failed, it failed because the version changed and it's not like you're just going to update a handful of fields. Which is why I don't like the complexity of patch because most of the time you just want to <laughs> say, I just want to update these three fields. I don't care about the rest of the state of the resource. I just want to change the title of my blog post. I don't want to I don't have to send you the entire post. I just want to send you the title and say so use a post, because a post is, you're looking at the list, right? Post is not idempotent. Post does not guarantee that you'll have the same state after the same exact mm-hmm. request. So if yep. on Monday, I update the title of my blog post to something, someone comes along, the editor comes along, they change the subtitle, they change the content, change the body, and on Tuesday, I make exactly the same post request that says update the title, the end result of the resource will be completely different from Monday. To Wednesday or whenever we did these 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 API requests, because POST is not idempotent, but that's good. Like that's generally what people want when they think partial update. They don't actually want to know the version. They they don't care. They're just like I just wanted this part to change if it can change, change. And that's why you put it on the server to do that. And you realize that is an unsafe request. It is going to change server state, but it is not an idempotent request. You can do it multiple times, and the result may be different.
0: Well, Tim, I want to. I appreciate. I want to thank you for your time today. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Is this where we? It's very about? lightning. This is where we talking about the money. No.
0: I. I well, yeah. I was going to ask you. Do you have any uh, questions for me? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? What's the salary range here that we're looking at? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, this is a start, Tim.
1: Oh, boy. So you're.
0: We do have. We do have very equitable um stock options that oh, you yeah. could vest into so yeah
1: yeah well that's good. so is that the entire compensation
0: i'd say most of it <laughs> the
1: rest <laughs> is in granola bars <laughs> that you can have
0: <laughs> from the free
1: kitchen where the ping pong table is yep nope i've been there yep. well that was fun that was fun.
0: Well, and like I said, what now? Let's let, let me hear what what is this this time that you interviewed yourself to? We
1: only have ten minutes left, basically. That, well, Come it on. should
0: only take ten that's minutes.
1: True, probably, yeah. Well, it was it was not like this. That's for sure. That <laughs> is for sure. How did that go, though? Was that the ex- expected? Uh, I think yes. That like that I said,
0: the right. interview process is educational for on, both, on sides, both sides, right? You get you you get to know a little bit more about the company and what we need, <laughs> and I get to know a little bit more about you and. What I don't know myself. <laughs> <laughs> probably been
1: the most honest interview anybody's ever had. I
0: like it.
1: All right, so the time that I interviewed myself, this, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm not even sure how to segue into this. I was doing something similar to this, right? So I wasn't mm-hmm. the person actually hiring somebody. Um, it was a okay. client of mine who wanted to hire another developer. One reason was because I both did not have the time, and my rate was such... That they wanted someone to do less, uh, what do I want to say? Um, simpler tasks, whatever. Like they, they they wanted some development that was uh, not a good fit for me. Um, was
0: it back back in the Odess days? Yeah, yeah. No,
1: I was on I was yeah. on Odess. This was an Odess client. Mm-hmm. They were asking me to see if I could interview. Um some other developers they were looking to hire mm-hmm. to say, like do more, do more yeah. just simple front-end type changes or even not just front end, but like you know, form changes, update this, mm-hmm. um, things that that I could totally do, but was not the best use of of my time in their Your time. budget. Yeah. Um, so I talked to a few, I think I talked to a few, but there was one that I got him on the phone, and there was a bit of a language barrier because these were offshore developers. Mm-hmm. Um they, I was, I was just asking them questions. I don't even remember what the questions were. Um, you know, something about PHP, this or that, uh, and uh, I had their ODesk profile up, and it said they were a Zen Certified Engineer. Um, if you know what that means, it's not nearly as—I don't know if I want to say popular, but I don't think I don't think there's many people getting their Zen Certified Engineer uh, mm-hmm. certificate anymore. Um, but back then, it just meant that you went through a vetting process and actually took a test at a Pearson test center, like where you couldn't cheat on it because they just set you in front of the computer and monitored you and all that kind of stuff. And you answered a bunch of questions and Zen signed off on the fact that, yep, you know enough about PHP to be a Zen certified engineer. So I was, I was, you know, uh, that was, that was interesting to me because I was a Zen certified engineer. And this person had that on their Odesk profile and I was reading through and they said probably blah, 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 API, this and that. And I was like, okay, this is good. So I started asking some questions. The answers were not great. Um, they, like I said, there seemed to be a little bit of, a, of, of both a language barrier and I think it was, when I say it was over the phone, I don't know that it was actually over the phone. I think it was like over Skype or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's internet yeah. quality issues. Um, so they often say, oh, can we just, you just do this over chat. I was like, okay. But I'm pretty sure the reason why they wanted to do over chat was because I, I did hear in our call a little bit of the, you know, the frantic typing, like the, you know, typing on the keyboard when, uh, when you ask a question. And like I did with the soap question, right, um, to actually look up the answers. So I'm like, I feel like the reason why you don't want to talk to me in person is because you want to go over chat so you can just ask somebody else and have yeah. someone else answer for you. The interview... Uh, it, went on it wasn't it wasn't too great um in the end and i was i was really perplexed because i i saw like i said they were zen certified engineers so i was like hey it doesn't say on you just have the badge on Nodesk there
0: um what's your zen- was it what was it an issue where like they just weren't like when you asked a question they were ge- they were giving an answer that was completely off you know, didn't apply at all, or they weren't able to answer the question. Like, there's a lot of silence there. And- there
1: was both the silence, and then the answers that got back were just kind of like it, they weren't totally wrong. It wasn't like off the wall, if I could recall, and 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 this has been mm. a while now. They just weren't great answers. Um, like mm. they didn't show the depth of knowledge you would want, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, so you know, as I closed it out, I was like, you know, you, you've got the Zen certified engineer badge on Odessa, but you don't list your your Yellow Page ID. Um, because every zen certified engineer has an id that references them oh, okay. you can go there and yeah. you'd be like oh like if i could remember my id mm-hmm. you can go to the zen yellow pages drop it in and be like oh tim lytle yeah it's actually on Zen site it says i am certified um because mm-hmm. the truth is you could just grab the badge yeah. and just throw it right on your ODES profile i did <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I i closed the interview i was like that went not good um but I'm reading through i'm like this something here and as i'm looking through his profile at the end of the profile there's like this this line of you know i tend to work with clients that have these ideas you know I, I forget how the phrase went but it was like you know my clients tend to be looking for someone to you know to, to develop their idea or you know and I, I forget the phrasing but i'm like that something about that like i've seen it before i don't know where but i've seen it before so I do what everybody does when you see something that you've seen before online, right? You select it, right-click, mm-hmm. you know, search Google, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google pops up some interesting results. There were a ton of Odesk and Elance profiles that had that exact phrase. And I found one of them It was really interesting because it was mine. I wrote it. That's why it seemed familiar. It is exactly the closing line on my Odesk profile that I crafted to say, most of my clients are those who have these high-level ideas, do not know how to implement them, but are looking for someone to come along and actually show them how to build what they're building and then build it for them. It, like, I forget how I said it, but it was so, my line. And then I looked so, at his profile again. You know why he had Zen Certified Engineering? Because I did. <laughs> and as I looked down the whole thing, it was like a copy-paste of my profile. I'm like, wait a second. This is why I thought this would turn out better it's because I interviewed me essentially but it wasn't me and then as I'm looking and googling different parts of my profile on odesk I'm finding like 15 on elance that are basically copy paste 10 on odesk that are like copy paste it was really enlightening too because I found what people thought I would be better at like the technology what? that I list you know a, mm-hmm. You know, I, I specialize in API development using the Zen Framework. Blah mm. blah 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 blah. No, some people thought I should be a Ruby on Rails developer.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: there were there were definitely a few that changed. I tried it.
0: to I try to pull you into that, yeah. but yeah, definitely. That was, that was I no think go. there was
1: a couple that said I should have been working with Laravel and not the Zen Framework. They kind of you know I'm a mm, Laravel. Always. Engin- yeah yeah. So yeah. so yeah, <laughs> I could see what people thought I should have done with my life as they completely stole my profile to try to get
0: jobs. Wow, Tim. So. Well, that could just, okay, for for the instance where this this uh, developer you were interviewing, that, that was just part of, that could have just been part of his prep. You, him preparing for the interview and knowing I, he had to interview, you were going to interview him. Well, why don't just go to your profile, take all the information, and be like, yeah, this is what I do. I don't think
1: so, <laughs> because I just loved it because it's like, how do you, how does that happen to you? You steal the guy's profile that's gonna come along and interview you. Like that's just not gonna work out well, man. I forget, I don't know if I even circled back and was like, you know, dude, that's my profile, right? I don't, I don't know that I ever went back there. I will say, and this is one of the reasons why I am not a fan of Upwork, um, after the Elance Odesk merger, mm-hmm. like I said, there were multiple, multiple profiles on both sites that were Basically, copy paste of mine.
0: That's interesting that they don't check for that or they you need know, to verify that because oh, you, you know, would think that's an how, easy how, thing we, to find, right? How we've all learned that the Twitter blue badge is you know, the source of all oh, yeah, accreditation, yeah, yeah, of saying like, oh, I'm, this is this is my name, I'm a real person, right? So, somebody can't like fake to be me, but on these services that have profiles, like public public professional profiles why can't they do some checking when you put your information in if it is a copy paste job why can't you get flagged for that yeah
1: i don't you would you would think i would guess that it's not that important to them hmm. um but the the response this is why yeah this is why i liked odesk don't like elance not happy with the upwork um merger because i feel like that was just elance absorbing odesk yeah. not the other way around i sent the email to odesk odesk shut down those accounts almost immediately sent it to elance elance mm-hmm. sent me a what is it the dcmi whatever the copyright form is that yeah. you have to file to get music taken off youtube if someone steals your music and uses it in their video or whatever <laughs> they're like you'll have to fill this out i was like what now i mean i'm giving you proof that people are copying my profile and you i have to do like an actual file a complaint under the Digital media rights. I forget because
0: your your profile is your creative work, Tim. That is ah, you.
1: It was so frustrating. <laughs> there was even a couple of those. Remember back in the day when the like the the individual profile site thing was hot, where where you'd like you'd like go to this these very simplistic website builders like About yeah, or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm, there were mm-hmm, even a handful yeah. of About that were verbatim copies
0: of my wow of my profile. Y- you were so well regarded in the PHP community no. that. That they not just the they P, just not wanted not the to PHP say PHP okay community <laughs> the the <O-desk, laughs> the the co- PHP contractor API developer community You're right it was that just they were the saying O-desk yes Desk this contractor. is a profile that we should just copy because we're from another country and that's what we can do yep,
1: that's that's pretty much how it happened and there uh, yeah <laughs> there was a there's a bunch from like you know your normal offshore expectations uh, some some I think from the Philippines things like that Russia. A bunch of Russian developers had uh, mm. had copied mine, and I think some some stateside developers, if I'm not mistaken, had had, but I don't know if they're really stateside because who knows whether or not yeah. it was accurate where their uh, where their geographic location was. But that was that was interesting, and I, the by, the reason is because at that point I was doing relatively well on ODesk, and they would put me in front of people that were inter or wanted to talk. To mm-hmm. someone who was using their platform they would put me in front of them frequently so um i guess that just made the target bigger that oh this is a this is a mm. successful person on odesk therefore i could be yeah. successful if i just copied his profile which wasn't the truth because a lot of times i was getting jobs that were not based on my profile um i was bringing clients to them that would find me other ways and be like all right sign up on odesk cuz that's how i do my billing um that said I think the profile itself was pretty good, but the technique that really worked, and we've talked about this technique before, is just as you fill out those job requests, saying how you're going to do it.
0: Yeah. Provide a solution. Yeah,
1: Just say, this is, this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. You, know, you can walk with this and find someone else to try to do it, but it's my solution. So if you want to hire the best person to implement this, if you look at it and say, well, that seems like it's going to work, he knows what he's talking about, best person to hire would probably be the one who knows what he's talking about, not the person who says, oh, that's a good idea. I, yeah, we could do that too. Um,
0: unless you want to go Would with that person, then go, go with that
1: person. Going back, go back anyway. to the interview process. Yeah.
0: If you're looking to get hired, that's also you know great. Thing. You know, within the interview, yeah. they're starting to ask you questions, and if you can find out a little bit more oh, yeah. about the problems that they are dealing with, you know, provide some small solutions to. Uh,
1: Speaking of what, do. what issues have
0: you run into lately with your API, Mark? Is there, <laughs> is, there, uh, is, there is there anything I can well? Tim, every time our API gets, it gets overloaded. It's overloaded. Oh, it gets overloaded, oh boy. It gets overloaded yeah. every time. Cause there are so many requests being made and we, we need to scale it. Need to, okay. So that's where we're, we're looking for developers to help us scale our scale API API. All right.
1: Well, <laughs> well, it's a good thing that it's not an RPC API.
0: It's a good thing that it's a restful <laughs> API
1: because restful APIs are inherently scalable.
0: So good, good yeah.
1: job. Good job there
0: so maybe maybe next week we talk about i got into Pi game more this week really i was i was going to pick
1: up a couple interview questions for prof- professors and see how that worked out <laughs> you should
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you like so, tenure anyway oh pie game and also working more with the github copilot oh really it actually is it's it's funny when i because i i'm not using copilot in a sense where like oh i'm going to define what this function should do and just have it write it for me yeah but just from line by line, the kind of the sense like suggestions that it's making as it's kind of looking at my code, looking to see what all of the other, you know, variables or, you know, other functions I've defined or classes, then it's giving me really, really good suggestions. So I just keep hitting tab, 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 tab. And it's just writing code for me. Really? So it's actually it's basis. pretty cool. So yeah, it's
1: basically, the game is written by GitHub. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> did you did you look into uh, the Adafruit, Adafruit Pi Gamer thing? I did not. Yeah, they can maybe run their game on some hardware. I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we just got into it. Just you know, got the students installed, showed them Visual Studio Code. Let's running it on the computers and be able to kind of just do some make some balls bouncing around the screen nice. and stuff like that. So nice. it was fun.
1: So yeah, we got PyGamer, Got a you doing GitHub Copilot? We've now talked about how I've interviewed myself, so I don't know if anybody's still going to listen. Could check the podcast, that one off the list. That was,
0: I think, what everybody's just waiting for was that story. And who knows what else a week may bring. And maybe someday, yep. maybe someday people will copy this podcast Tim, him. That'd be interesting. And pass it off as their own. <laughs> I'm not sure how they'd do it. I'm, I'm really not sure how they'd
1: do it. But you know what they say, Mark? They say that, what is it? Um, imitation? It
0: is the best form it's of flattery, right? The sincerest right? form. Sincere. I don't know if it's the
1: best. I feel like most people would just like
0: some flattery. But, you know, it's the sincerest <laughs> form. Oh, I accept it all the time. Whenever you want to. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, is that is that is that right. So <laughs> next week, same time, Dev Friday, who knows what we'll talk about. We certainly don't. We
0: don't.